What's going on guys? We are back here with episode number two of what right now is going to be called the Lyft Chicago podcast. Uh, we are a private boutique uh, training facility down here in Chicago in the River North area. Um, really just trying to level up fitness in all areas. And uh, today we're going to be talking about certifications, uh, difference in certifications, difference between you know personal trainers and strength coaches, and then how we kind of got into this industry, uh, why we're in the more private sector rather than uh, in the NCAA. So right here I have uh, co-owner of Lyft Chicago, Josh Rocco, and one of our employees here, Pete. Um, on the first episode, you guys got to learn a little bit about how and I, how Josh and I kind of started Lyft Chicago uh, and the experiences we have with that, and a little bit of our background. Uh, but right now, I kind of want to introduce Pete and turn it over to him. Uh, so, Pete, tell us about yourself, where you came from, how you got here. Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, so I started, you know, as a Division One athlete, kind of worked my way through there, and you know, focused my should say I guess focus towards education right and uh kind of getting into this and what I wanted to actually do obviously everybody can't be a professional athlete um from there went kind of worked in the professional sector uh working with athletes and stuff like that and then kind of worked my way into the private sector for for some reasons that we'll discuss later cool cool and uh you know through I guess through your journey, like, have you talk about a little bit of, like your certifications that you have going? Like, what certifications do you have now? Did you have any before? Um, you know, what do you think is useful? What, what was useful for you as you were coming up? Um, and what do you think about the certifications you have now? Yeah, absolutely. So, the best certification I have is my my bachelor's degree. That's gonna be my first and foremost there. Um, Agreed. Uh, it's probably the most important. Uh, from there, I kind of started with uh the cscs you have to graduate to get it i think it's one of the better certifications for people looking to get into the ncaa level or work with athletes uh, it's kind of geared towards athletes and less towards personal training um, kind of the private sector of what we do but i really wanted to get that kind of you know put myself at the top i don't really think there's any reason to kind of go into the nasm or the acsm Having that, I think it kind of covers everything. So um, I kind of stuck with that. I've kept it over the years and done my continuing education with it. But um, yeah, definitely my bachelor's degree is my my number one. Yeah, so I'll kind of segue that into um, let's talk a little bit about the different types of certifications, all the way from like the basic A stuff um, to the ISA to kind of all the way up into whether it's like CSCCA, CSCS, FMS. So Josh, I'll kind of let you talk about. I think you had a, maybe the most experience in um, the the kind of the private sector uh, yeah. out of all three of us. So go ahead, you kind of take it away. Yeah. So you know, when I was in college, uh, I was in the you know intern route, trying to build my way up in NCAA. Um, you know, after that, uh, and this will be for a later later episode about you know why I get in or out of the collegiate system. Um, but when I was done with my internship and I didn't have a job, um, I went and started volunteering. I started being like, okay, what am I gonna do? Well, I have to go to the private sector because I have to make money somehow. Um, I still have this dream about being a head coach somewhere uh, over a sports team, but you gotta make money, you gotta put food on the table. So I started going that route, trying to amass certifications in order to become a personal trainer and into, into the beyond. Um, you know, obviously I was studying for my CSCS I was uh, looking at some Olympic weightlifting certifications. Um, so in the meantime, I had my USA weightlifting performance sports coach certification. 
Um, I was studying for my CSCS. I had obtained a NASM PES, which is a performance enhancement specialist. Um, and as I'm studying for my CSCS, I'm applying for a job at uh, Midtown Athletic Club. And I was sitting down with the, uh, you know, the, the head guy in charge. And he's like, well, I need a CPT attached to your name. I'm like, well, I have my bachelor's degree. You know, as Pete alluded to earlier, I think that's the most important you know, certification you can get. We literally did four years of exercise science-based curriculum, anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, bioenergetics. It's a much more in-depth approach to understanding the human body and how it moves. A bachelor's degree in kinesiology, the study of human movement, to me means so much more than a certification you can get over the weekend, which <laughs> I did. He told me I needed a CPT. Um, I said, which one? He said, it does not matter to me as long as you have CPT. And I said to him, I have a bachelor's degree. I'm you know, about to get my CSCS. PS, I have a USAW P1, and he was like, I need CPT. I'm like, oh, okay. So I looked up all the certifications, and the ISSA was the cheapest one. It was like 295, and this was like in 2011. In um, just to clear things up for people who are listening in, like the ISSA, correct? It, correct me if I'm wrong. You can legitimately go online. So yes. Do this, like probably study for maybe two hours, take a test, sure. and. So I'll explain, explain to you what I did. Um, and I hope this doesn't make me lose any credibility. This is just me literally trying to prove a point that CPT does not matter. And if you are a trainer who has an ISSA CPT, you could literally have done what I did, have zero experience in the back end. You do not need a bachelor's degree to get it, nothing. He told me I needed a, a CPT. I looked it up. I spent so much money already on all these other certifications. I was about to take the CSCS, which was like $800 in 2011. Right. I think it's more now. Um, I'm like, I'm not about to spend another $700 on the NASM CPT or the NSCA CPT or a CSSA, but any of those. So I say it was 295, it was all online. I didn't have to travel anywhere, I didn't have to do anything. So what I did was I went to the lesson plans and you literally had to show proof that you finished them by clicking through every single thing and saying submit in order to get there. I don't remember how many chapters it was at this point, it's so long ago, but I literally just kept pressing submit, 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 all the way through. Literally in a couple of hours, I kept going through the entire lesson plan of everything. I got to the final, the practical exam test, and I'm like, or not the practical, the online exam test, and I'm like, okay. So as a background, every single, like, you know, curriculum, whether it's the NASM, the uh, ISSA, the NSCA, they all have their different guidelines that they believe is gospel, right? Hey, this is their, NASM has like the OPT model, ISSA, I don't even remember because I didn't pay attention to any of the studies. So you have to basically learn that, you know, specific curriculum that that certification is trying to teach because they think that they're better than the other ones and so on. So I got to the test and I started going through some of the questions. I'm like, okay, this is easy, 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 easy. Kept going. And I'm like, okay, this is taking too much time. I literally started copy pasting the questions into Google and I got the answers immediately from copy pasting <laughs> to Google. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep doing this. So literally the entire test after the first maybe handful of questions, copy, paste, answer done I passed it obviously I got my ISSA CPT and I handed it into the guy and I got the job so if I wasn't someone who had any of this experience of years of practical experience years of education bachelor's degree all this different stuff I could literally be someone like oh I like to work out I'm gonna go to the gym and be like oh I want to be a personal trainer here oh yeah I just need a CPT okay cool I'm gonna go online I'm gonna get this ISSA I'm going to copy paste every single answer into there. I'm done, I'm a personal trainer now. Now you, someone who's giving me your hard earned money to make sure that you're doing things properly, making sure you don't get injured and so on, 
is in the hands of someone who has zero experience, they were literally able to cheat a test online. Right. That is why, for me, when people ask me, just like pizza, what my certifications are, say I got a bachelor's degree in exercise science, and I have other experience and so on. It's like, oh, well, you don't have this, this, this. I'm like, okay. And I tell that story to some people. They really want to listen to me. But it's literally just proof to me, it's paramount proof to me that it does not matter what letters are attached to your name in this field because you can be a fake, a phony, and still have the same letters as someone else just because you have all the letters. Even if you have a CSCS, which is the ultimate in this field, I've met some coaches who have CSCSs who are horrible coaches. Yeah, They're lazy, sure. they don't know what they're doing. I've met some people who are you know, new to, the, new to this whole thing and they are so immersed in understanding and, and training and learning that they are better than those people. Right. And they don't have their letters yet. So yeah. I think it's one of those things that letters are just, you do it, you try to amass as many letters as you can to the back of your name to make yourself more marketable, and that's what I was trying to do. Right. But it does not make you a good personal trainer or strength coach. We're going to talk about the difference between those as well. Right, yeah. I think, um, I think like, someone out there looking for a personal trainer, like, when you are looking, I think a great way to do it is, hey, I would probably get someone that has a background in the education because, you know, we had the human anatomy, we had the physiological, we had the exercise science part, we had biomechanics, we had bioenergetics. Like we under, we are understanding um, a lot more beneath the iceberg than just the average Joe who likes to work out and now wants to train somebody. Uh, and so what's funny is like the, you could go to any trainer, right? Yes, they could make you sweat, they could make you work out, but are they actually understanding what you need um, to you know, increase performance, um, you know, increase flexibility, mobility, strength over time, that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot more that I think experienced trainers do and people who have a, uh, a bachelor's in it or an education um, kind of have that foundation. Now, not saying I know people who didn't go get an education for this and have just been self-studies and they're freaking amazing trainers because they're really educated and, and do really well. But on the flip side, I think for every really, really good trainer, you probably have 10 to 12 people who are just wannabes and they they just didn't educate themselves and they think they can do this because they like to work out and they can make people sweat. Um, and it's just like you said, it's there's a huge difference and a huge disconnect. Um, and I think it's really good for our consumers on the other end, people who are listening in to know, hey, you should do your education before you go, like you should study up on these trainers before you actually go in and, and work with them. Just like anything, just like, you know, for us, like for a doctor or for an attorney, like, hey, I want to know what you did before. What's your education like? Can I trust you? And then can we move forward from there? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things too, like with Instagram now. Right. Everyone's the whole Instagram trainer kind of situation. Yeah. The largest employer of personal trainers. Exactly. I mean, there's these people who, uh, there's these, I call them fitness models, right? That's right. what they are. They have good genetics and they work out hard. So their bodies are, are their resume. Like, oh, look at me. I'm great. I'm great. So I can help everybody. So else. I can help everyone. Yeah. And they post these videos of them doing all these exercises. And the biggest thing now is everyone wants an ass, right? This is this is the thing, not the newest thing, but it's you know been around the last couple of years. Everyone wants a really nice ass. And that's what you'll see on Instagram is lots of people doing all these different exercises to show off, hey, I'm literally gonna go from hip thruster to side bends to abduction to adduction to RDLs to deadlift to leg all this different stuff every single exercise possibly think about yes and that's their workout for the day so hey what do regular people do they're gonna go do the same exact thing and a lot of them might get hurt a lot of them might not even get any results because they're just not doing it right they're watching this person who is genetically blessed who's like oh look at me I'm great I'm a personal trainer because I look this way and I'm just gonna market myself as that 
So an online trainer like that, technically not a trainer, I mean, an online Instagram persona is getting free clients, I guess, by people watching them. Right. They're selling like an ebook that they said. It's right. like, um, you know, like the 45 day transformation. They're selling right. an ebook for $100 and taking your money and then you, yeah, you go 60 yeah. days of it. And then you're like, oh shit, what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah. And it's one of those things. I think uh, Dr. John Russell had it recently. He said, you should never learn something on Instagram. Right. You should use Instagram as a tool to, you know, uh, brush up on some topics that you might already know by following people who have the credentials like him and so on. Right? So like for ourselves, like, you know, we were, we had an intern in here uh, at some point, we were giving him advice about you know, using Instagram. You know, we were talking with him, like, stop following all the weird stuff you follow on Instagram, start following a couple of these key accounts and it'll really help you advance in this field. Now you should already know a lot of these topics, but it really should help you hone in on your skills by listening to these like incredible people who are not in this city that we can't really reach without being online. Right, but they have like these tens of years of experience. Oh, yeah. And even even more than we do. Um, and a lot of these guys, like for example, like Russin, um, I listen, I do, I listen to and read a lot of like strength coach therapy, strength therapists, those guys who they've gotten PhDs in this field and they know their shit. Um, and it's an easy way to be able to connect kind of like what our background was and what they're doing now um, and to kind of and to kind of get there but um, I guess coming back kind of into certifications um, what are the sort do you know that what are the certifications where you absolutely need a bachelor's and where you don't need one yeah so uh, for the most part your bachelor degree um, required certs are going to be your CSCS uh, the CS CSCCA and for people who don't know, CSCS is the Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist. Certified Specialist, Training right? Conditioning Specialist. And the, uh, I'm not sure what the CSCCA stands for. To be honest, it's through um, the NSCA still. It's kind of like the the next, it's not even a step up. It's almost an addition to. Right. Um, I think within um, the athletic realm, the CSCCA kind of takes one little step higher. Yeah, just because of the way that you have to test, you have to like go in front of these master trainers yeah. uh, and describe whether it's like two lifts or three lifts. Yeah. Um, and then you actually are given a program. Yeah, it's programming too. Right. Which it's is like, like a, kind of the bigger thing. It's yeah. like hey, like whatever. Like I think two seasons ago was like a female softball player, and you're given that. You have to present a program and why yeah. you have progressions and that kind of stuff. And I so. think even on that stuff too. I remember when I was studying all of it. Um, it's just like it's so. The biggest thing, biggest takeaway from anything I've done in the past ten years in this field is. It's not black and white. Right. You can't just put this in a textbook and say this is the programming for a softball player. This is the program for an athlete. Yes, there's certain topics that absolutely, absolutely need to be addressed. Power, um, you know, hypertrophy, strength, and all that different stuff. But how you get there is way different between one person and another. Even like, hey, this is a pitcher for a softball team. This is another pitcher for a softball team. These two people might get to the same exact point in two different ways. Right. And there's definitely plenty of schools of thought in this, but. I just hated when I was reading all these, and what I was saying earlier about the different certifications, they all were like, this is the way to do it. And if you don't present it to the test in this exact way, you're not going to pass the practical portion of the test. Right. And that's one of the biggest things I have against those certifications, which is why I let all my certifications expire, because I yeah. just don't want to continue to be a slave to those systems. I like to continue to learn from my clientele, the vast range of the clientele I have from beginner to advanced, as well as from you guys, and all your experiences with your clientele in places you've been before. Right. So I think that's continuing yeah. education in real life situations is more important to me than, you know, continuing my education, the CEUs, uh, for the certifications. That's 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 what I that's my personal opinion on that stuff. But. I, I'd agree, but 
you know, when it gets when it comes down to CSCS, CSCCA, when we're talking about the NCAA Division One level, there's a big difference, right? Personal training, everybody is different. I've been at the Division One level. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Everybody's athletic. Everybody can train the way you want them to train. That's right. the big difference. In personal training, yes, everybody's different. Um, so everybody gets trained a different way. When you talk about athletics, yeah, pitcher gets trained different than a catcher, but all catchers are capable of doing the workout that well, way. Right. It would be pretty much impossible to have every single athlete yeah. have a different program when they're coming into the weight room. They have a specific amount of time to do things, yeah. and I completely understand that. I'm saying more along the line of, hey, I'm strength coach Josh at X school, and you're strength coach Pete at Y school. We might do this system, you might do that system, and they still might get the same exact results. It's just one of those situations yeah. where hundred percent. It's like, hey, just because you didn't do power cleans with this school and you did, doesn't mean that your school is gonna be better than my school if we did the same exact, you know, movement patterns in different ways. Yeah, I mean definitely agree. But I think, you know, kind of moving out of that realm to what's gonna be kind of more focused for what we actually do in uh, personal training, right? We call ourselves strength coaches. We're not really personal trainers, but in personal training, we're more talking now about the NASM, the ACSM, um, the ISS. ACE is a huge one. ACE, yes, the other one. The ISSSA. I think for the most part, ISSSA. I think it's shit. It's shit. It's garbage. And everyone knows that. Like, if someone comes to me, oh, I have my ISSSA, I was like, okay, well, Either, you either need to show me right now like what you can do and what your yeah. experience is, or I'm just gonna think like you're either too lazy, too cheap, or 100%. you know you just you yeah. don't. I was too lazy and too cheap, but I had other things to back <laughs> me up. I mean that's exactly what I was talking about before. But in general, it's like hey, we we had a whole hiring process. So it was four months to hire someone, right? We ended up hiring someone that had a CSCS collegiate experience, right? Bachelor's degree, a master's degree in this field. CSCCA, CSCCA, and all that stuff, right? But hey, we saw some FRC. FRC, everything. We saw some uh, resumes come through. That was like, hi, I'm 22 years old. I just finished school. I have my ISSA. Or, hey, I don't have anything outside of uh, any schooling. I don't have any schooling at all. And I literally just have a bachelor's degree in education or something, right? So completely different, unrelated field. And they have their ISSA. So it's like, okay, they're very young. They must have been in a major that they didn't want to be in or they figured it out too late. So they finished the schooling and then they decided to just get their personal training certification and go do something they like to do, which is work out with people. Right. And now that person is trying to get a job at a facility like ours that we pride ourselves on the educational experience that we had and not just the letters attached to a name. Right. Yeah, and then, like, I don't know. For me, it's it goes kind of both ways. Like, I do think that, that I could have got to the knowledge that I have now, and I'm still even in the beginning stages, but I think I could have gotten here without my CSCS certification um, or without any certification whatsoever, just based on, you know, like self-growth, reading, that kind of stuff. And I think that you could become a really good trainer without having any certifications whatsoever. Absolutely. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's gonna set the credential. Do I think there's good trainers out there that don't have any certifications? Yeah, because like legally, you could, you could get personal liability insurance. Yeah. You could train someone and it's legal. Like, yeah. it's legal to do that. You don't need to show a personal right, certification. It's, in order you to also do. have a degree, though. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, it's more just like a credibility thing. Um, but we just did that. When we were, before Lyft opened, we kind of had this no man's land period. Right. We had to get personal liability coverage to train at a trainer's gym, and I didn't have to show them a certification or education or anything. Oh, see, they made me show a certification, oh, so I, I had to go back and get one. Oh, I didn't have to do that at all. Yeah, yeah, I had to go get, like, I don't even know what it was. Did like, you get I, the Philly Brothers insurance? What? The Philly Brothers insurance or Philadelphia? I, I don't know, whatever it was. Well, the, whatever I ended up getting. Levelier or something All like I had that. to do was give them my information and say, this is where I'm going to work, and here we go. And I didn't have to give them anything. I was like, that's Cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and that's the thing. That's how, like, for people listening in, the the overarching topic here is there's no governing body of kind of liability for personal trainers, right? So, like, you're like, if you, for example, if you're not a lawyer, you can't go practice bar law, right? You're gonna get sued if you do that. Personal training, you can do that. You can go out and you can be like, oh, I've, I've, I got my liability insurance and cover your ass, and you can go coach kids in the field and do whatever. Now, getting into an actual facility, I don't know. They're probably going to say, hey, you have to at least show a certification, maybe. Um, but that's just kind of the disconnect, and that's why I encourage people to really educate themselves on, hey, what these certifications are, or just educate yourself on the person that you're going to train with um, moving forward. Yeah. I want to rewind back to what you said about you can definitely arrive at where you're at without that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. I was listening to uh, the prehab guys talk with Gunnar Peterson recently. Uh, Gunnar Peterson's like a celebrity trainer extraordinaire, like out in L.A., he was talking about, and they were talking about, and they both agreed, um, how someone who has a CSCS has a higher learning potential than someone who does not. And when I was listening to it, I was sitting in traffic listening to this podcast, I don't have my CSCS, and I I feel like I'm someone who doesn't have less of a learning potential, less of a ability to succeed in this field because I didn't get my CSCS. I thought that was crap to hear that, but I'm not like everyone else, I think I would be a unicorn that I never got my CSCS, but because of all my situations that I've been through and everything, I have the same money potential as you do, or someone else. Right. I've been... Did they give any, like, context? Like this or... um, They were saying that the, th the basic knowledge that you learn from studying for your CSCS and passing for your CSCS launches you in, a, in the direction that you're going to want to be in, which right. I agree with that, mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's okay to label that as this person got their CSCS, I didn't, so this person's gonna succeed and I'm not. Or this person is going to be better because they got it and I didn't. I didn't get mine because of this, you know, head trainer at Midtown who <laughs> told me I needed told you not CPT. To yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm starting to make money, I'm doing this, I'm working at a high school as a strength coach as well, not making any money, I was volunteering, which is what you have to do in this field forever. Right. Um, and I was like, okay, so I'm making money, I'm doing my thing, and then I got to another place and they didn't need it either, so I was like, okay so I'm not gonna spend $800 and every two years spend another $800 on CEUs and taking the test again so it's one of those things where I think that my well my background also is in sports uh, sports medicine so before I switched over to strength and conditioning I was in sports medicine so I learned in depth had an entire semester curriculum on ankle knee hip shoulder and so on right and then I switched into strength and conditioning but it was also the same underlying concepts of biomechanics bioenergetics and so on so again I don't think that someone who taking their CSCS and passing their CSCS is going to be better than someone who is not. I, there was a trainer where I was at the first place. This dude would sit there on his cell phone and text people while he was training people. And I would watch this while I was there. I'd be like, okay, so this guy is the busiest guy here. He's just sitting here and he's texting people when people aren't looking and he's constantly not paying attention to his clients. He's a lazy ass trainer. I looked at his little plaque on the wall. He got some, you know, he wasn't even an exercise science major. He literally just got a, a degree. A, a general of, studies degree. General studies degree, whatever. 
He got a bunch of other crap certifications. So he had a CSCS. And I was like, wow, this guy's got a CSCS? No way. I thought it was like this holy grail, like everyone else is talking about. Yeah. And I agree. If you're starting out in this field, that's going to get you further based on employers seeing it, like we did. Right. It's just a baseline credential. Right. I just don't think that it, it sets a limit to your height, which is crap. That's, that's my only thing. And right. I think that... Like, and I think everything happens... Like, Anything, any type of opinion, especially in this field, like, for example, like when they were talking about that, it's all context, right? Of course. You know, they don't know that, like, maybe, they, they don't know you had your USAW and yeah. that, you know, you had other experience within the weight room and you were at Illinois doing strength conditioning stuff. Like, people don't know that, so it's tough to just kind of, I guess, It's a generalization. There's always going to be unicorns within all generalizations right. that can argue against it. I just happened to be that person that heard this, and I'm like, oh, I don't have that, and I think I'm doing just fine, and I'm continuing to learn and continuing to mold my training experiences based on other people that I've continued to train and work with. Right. So I think it's perfectly fine to do that. There's not many out there, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was just one of those things that if I was a 20-year-old kid listening to that podcast, I think that if I can't pass my CSCS, I'm, I'm screwed. I can't do it. Yeah. So that was one of those things that I thought was kind of discouraging to hear that. Um, so it, it, in general, we, we literally went through this entire hiring process and we, we did the same thing, which is, Hey, get, definitely get your CSCS. I would say it's definitely something that you need. Especially if you need to be in a collegiate setting, you have, professional, you you have, have to have it. it. You, yeah. They will not hire you without it. Like, I think it's an actual requirement. It is a requirement. Uh, it's a hundred percent. Yes. You're not. Um, but if you're someone who just finished your curriculum in school and you're like, I want to work in strength and conditioning or professional well first of all good luck you gotta be an intern forever and you gotta hope you get on a winning you gotta hope you, hope you get on a winning, <laughs> a winning team, team. Yeah. because if you don't get on a winning team like what happened to me coach gets fired staff gets cleared out people get jumbled all over the country yeah, shit and then the kick you gotta start back over again somewhere else so you you better you better hope that your team's a winning team yeah um definitely get your CSCS because like we were doing when we were sifting through all these applications we saw people with a bachelor's degree a CSCS we were like okay we're gonna flag this person and come back we saw some people with a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, and a CSCS. Those people got like double flagged, right? Which my point is there, the education, the masters and the bachelors, in my personal opinion, way over. But well, I think it, it just holds it holds weight without saying nothing at all, right? You know, you can just set, kind of set them at a level where now it's like, okay, we can dig a little deeper. We already know you have relatively, unless you like got by doing absolutely nothing. We know you have some type of knowledge. Um, and then moving forward, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the, I mean, obviously I think we all have our own opinions on uh, the difference in what, kind of what we do here at Lyft as strength coaches, um, and then as um, the difference between what people do kind of outside of here as personal trainers. So the difference between like a personal trainer and a strength coach kind of in depth in what we do, um, I'll go to you, Pete. What, like, what is your, what's the difference to you? Um, obviously I think there's similarities. We are, yes, we are training people, um, but what is the difference between you know, just a, your everyday personal trainer that you would see and kind of what we have here. I'm just going to chime in there for a second. I, yeah, I think you do an absolutely amazing job of explaining this. Like, I've heard you talk about the different levels of differences between here. So, like, listen up. This is great. Um, yeah, so, you know, when it comes down to, to personal trainers and coaches, right? So, coaches coach. I mean, there's the job is demanding. So, when you're, when you're training somebody or coaching somebody, you should be coaching every rep. Right? It takes one rep on a trap bar deadlift to throw your back out. It takes one rep on an overhead press to you know, mess your shoulder up or any exercise, right? So there is just no, there's no room to take a rep off as a coach. 
right, is you risk your client getting hurt. Obviously, one, they'll never come back, right? Um, which is, I guess, important. But <laughs> client retention. Two, you client want money. you want your clients to be healthy and get stronger, right? And every injury that comes back, you know, sets them back and blah blah blah. But you know, the big difference. You're coaching. We're coaches. We're always coaching, um, and what's coming out of my mouth as I coach is is about a, a fraction of what's going on in my head. My everything that's going on in my head that's running through my head as as I'm doing this, and you know, a lot of the stuff that's running through my head. If I were to tell it to a client, they would have no idea what I'm talking right. about. Right? It's a scientific, you know, bullshit that's going through my head, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what's happening why it's happening you know why is your foot there why is it not here you know how can i uh, get this person to engage their core um, how can i relay the message you know in an understanding e- way right it's like and, for that so it's the yeah, mastery and, of cues exactly and you know you want to you know make everything safe right but a personal trainer i like to call them professional counters they're really good at counting. Some of them suck at that too, and they're they're you know I've, I've seen some really bad ones, but a personal trainer just kind of they look on Instagram too, like they're learning with you, right? If if your trainer is learning with you, right? If you're their their test dummy, and they're trying to figure out how to master this exercise on you, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, or like if you ask them, like, and I give a lot of my clients credit, Frank in particular, um, he's always like why are we doing this? Like, I think it's a big part. Like if you can't immediately verbalize why they're doing this in layman's terms, there's an error in what you're doing. Right. So like if someone's getting, getting trained, um, say they're doing like some type of weird, like, I don't know, squat row combo and the the trainer or the coach can't verbalize immediately. Like, Hey, this is the purpose for this. There's a disconnect there. Right. That also comes down to anatomy, physiology, understanding how the body works, which is part of an education. Yeah. I mean, it, it's as a client you should ask your ask your trainer coach whatever they call themselves ask them questions right like going out and do a big box gym as opposed to what we do here um generally people who don't know right we start with a little two to three minute warm-up and then we get in we get into it right we take out all the bullshit and all the fluff um you know for the first 15 minutes generally i don't care what your how your weekend was um, i don't really care about any of that other stuff I kind of get after it, and we, like, and we work. Yeah, we're here to work. Right? And then, you know, once we need to slow it down, yeah, we can talk a little bit, but we're still working, right? And there's time to talk. Um, if your trainer at a big box gym puts you on a piece of cardio for 10 or 15 minutes, just up. go ahead and go right off that cardio, grab your shit, and walk out the door. Yeah, save your right? pennies. You're well, literally like paying them. Like too, like. Yeah, you're paying them to, to get on the, the elliptical. I don't know if you all know this, but Planet Fitness is like 10 bucks a month. That's pretty cheap. You can go there and do that stuff all and day they, long. They do free personal training now. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, probably not the best, um, but if, if you're going to you know do cardio, just go there. But, like, here we'll do cardio bursts, especially in our 45-minute um, right. stuff with a lot of people that, you know, want to just really get movement in. I'm big on movement. I'm a movement guy, but um, always ask, ask these questions. Why am I doing this? What's the reasoning? What's the rep scheme, right? Like, where we worked before was always 12 or 15, 12 or 15, right. 12 or 15. Well, there's other ways to build strength. You don't have to do that every time. And I think, you know, your coach should be breaking everything down that you're doing. I mean, some people don't want to know. They don't care. That's yeah. fine. Some people do want to know, but you have to have the answer. So the coach is, is coaching every rep, 
everything that they do, I'll get on my clients for the way that they're walking to another exercise, right? Your clock starts at 7. I'm coaching you on everything that you're doing while you're in this space until 7.30, and I'm done with you. Right. That's standing up, sitting down, putting a weight on the ground, the way you're walking. I don't, I don't give a damn what it is. I'm going to coach you on it. Right. Personal trainers, they walk away. They're going to get that next client that's coming through the door. You know, they should never leave you. They should always be coaching you. Right. It's one of those things that we saw. We've been to a lot of different places, right? In this industry, it's been like 10 plus years. I've, I've witnessed people going to the bathroom, not people, trainers going to the bathroom while their clients are doing stuff. Hey, I'll be back in, I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to use the bathroom uh, while you do this. And it's like this person is literally sitting there completing reps on their own, unsupervised. Like Pete said earlier, it takes one rep to really ruin yourself. Yeah. And I think that is just atrocious. Like, we are literally, I've heard a lot of things. Like, hey, let your people do do their thing, stand back, watch them, and coach as needed. I agree that's that's, that's one way to do it. Um, I'm more of a person that, and so are all of us, are with you every step of the way. Yes, we're counting every rep. But like Pete said, there's different levels of it. Hey, I see that your, you know, your hips aren't engaged or your core isn't engaged. I can tell by, like, the ripples in your T-shirt. I'm watching that stuff. I can tell by the breaths. I can tell by the veins in your neck if you're actually bearing down whether you're bracing or not those are the things that we're watching for not that oh you got it up we're good right so yeah we're counting we're always encouraging because part of it is encouragement um it's not like a cheerleader thing but you know i'm clapping it up i'm, I'm getting with you i'm like let's go let's go good job it's perfect you're gonna get a couple more you're always continuing to coach them while you're going i never get through four five counts without giving a cue and it's some people have been like why am i always doing something wrong it's like because this shit's hard Right. You know, like you're not necessarily doing something wrong. I just see something that can be a little better. Right. And our job is to keep you like these people as safe as possible throughout the entire session. And it's immersive. It's not your your everyday like like you said, walking on the elliptical. It's not your easy like twenty rows on the cable. It's like, no, this shit's hard. We need to it's gotta be technical. I had one guy tell me today, he's like, Man, you are like you're like a technician. I'm like, Well, what do you expect me to do? Like, I, to me, it's no different. When people say that to us, like, man, you guys really pay attention to the details. Where the fuck else yeah. are you, like, what else yeah. are you seeing? Why are and you paying for it? Well, it scares me. It's like, you know, and we're pretty decently priced within the market here. And it's like, oh, my Lord. Like, the people that say, oh, I've had a trainer before. I'm like, fuck, you haven't. Like, we're about to get shit done, and this is going to go, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and sometimes it's just the detail. And I think the thing that separates us, and especially with strength coaches apart, is, like, I'm not going to let anything slip. There, you're gonna have zero leaks in the in the movement. There's gonna be you're gonna be as efficient as possible, or until we can get it right, you're gonna get it right, right? Um, and that's the thing like I think it separates us from anyone else doing it right now in Chicago. I've yet to find it. I've yet to see anyone do it. The amount of attention to detail that we put, um, the amount of care that we give our clients, and the amount of like encouragement that we have within a session is unseen, in, in my opinion. But I mean, I would agree. we're here. I would agree with you. And there's some clients who. Like, they'll might get frustrated. Like, I am, I am doing what you're telling me. And it's like, hey, we're reinforcing this, right? We're making sure you understand it. Even if you're doing it right, I'm still going to reinforce it. Make right. sure you're braced. I am bracing. I'm making sure that you're listening that we're bracing. Um, and then it's like, hey, we're going through this on a regular basis, training some of these people five, six years, and so on. Still, every single rep reinforcing this person to make right. sure that they're doing this exact same thing, even though I know they could probably do it on their own. Right. I don't want to just be there for emotional support yeah. and clap them up. We're going. Right. And I think it's a testament, like, if you would actually count how many 
injuries we've actually had like on a on an actual exercise in here very little very little right yeah, very little and it, it's usually if someone tries to do something like like they're up in the bulgarian split squat and they're trying to lift the weight up from the bottom or they're they yeah. lose constant they lose concentration on that deadlift and you know they kind of screwed up in the form but like the I, amount of injuries that happen here minimal yeah i don't know any lasting injuries that we've no. had um, it might be like a, a tweak or like yeah a, you you know an extensors turned on or that's know. just movement yeah. right i mean you if you deadlift heavy your back's gonna be pretty sore and right just general knowledge of people and once they feel their back sore they're they're gonna die so <laughs> Generally, just let them calm down for a couple of days, and they'll be fine. Yeah, I think that. And I, uh, the, uh, the one other thing that I think kind of separates coaches, I mean, granted, trainers do this as well, but I think certain people do it better than others, the accountability aspect. And I think it's one thing that a lot of our clients have gotten. That they say, like, that's the kicker. The kicker is you guys are holding me accountable for everything in here, as well as, hey, you have a, a hard 24-hour cancellation policy, and you're not screwing around with it. And now I know I'm accountable to get my ass in here. Um, and I think I think PG was saying it the other day. He's like, I mean, the only reason I come back here is because you guys hold me accountable on everything, on every rep, on every set, the entire workout. I know that I'm not going to get away with anything. And I think that's just a huge part. I think it's it's a big thing when you have someone like I'm comfortable enough with a lot of my clients to be like, hey, let's go grab a beer. But also, like you're not going to get out of this freaking set. You know, and and yeah. we we know that relationship, and I think I think Pete does a really good job of it. I think you have kind of a, a really good gift of like having a friendship and a conversation while also treating someone like, hey, you're my client, you're gonna get stuff done. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a fine line of you know making people comfortable. Right. right? They have to be comfortable. If they're not comfortable here, they're not gonna want to come here. I wouldn't want to go anywhere. I would get comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like. It's like school, right? I was comfortable in school. I'm around people that I like, which we have a community here as well. You gotta like the train. You have to like the yeah, train. Yeah, that helps people. It's, a, it's definitely a, uh, it's a relationship business. I don't care sure. how yeah. much you like the workout. If you don't like the person that's providing the workout, right. like, yeah. I'm not gonna be like, oh god, I gotta go hang out with Pete today. Oh god, I don't wanna do this, right? Like, that's not. People don't think that. Oh, I can't wait to get in here and get this lift and let's go. Right. Well, or at the end might, of the day, like I think the the personal training business is a relationship business. Yes. Yeah, and that's why people like they stay with the trainer even though they they don't know it's out of sight out of mind they don't know that they might be bad but they have a really good relationship with them it keeps them going oh absolutely and, you know, we've got a couple clients who came in just to kind of see I don't even know what brings them in here whether they think their trainers are bad or not like they literally show up oh you know I have a trainer in the area I just wanted to come in see what you guys are about get them in okay well I want to come in one day a week with you guys I still want to see my trainer I feel bad if I leave them you know all that stuff and it's like okay i'm not going to push you on it but right. they'll see real soon the difference right when they Eventually. come in here and they start seeing the results or they're feeling different things or they might go back to the other trainer and say hey i did this the other day and that trainer might be dumbfounded or not be able to explain why they did this or that trainer might get really defensive and say you shouldn't go back there those people are whatever he's seeing them as a threat right i don't see other gyms and other trainers as a threat here no if you have another trainer and you want to work us into that i am a thousand percent fine working that in you let right. me know if you're going to that person on Monday, you're going to this person on Tuesday, and you're coming to us on Wednesday, let me know what your plan is for that. Right. I will make sure that you succeed. I don't care that you do that. Some people might be like, well, you're coming with me or nothing, or I'm going to make sure you come with me those days. I think that those people will naturally come to us after time. Right. And I think we've seen that. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think our coaches have done a great job of hey, questioning, hey, what have you done Monday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that now I can actually program for Thursday? Because some people might come in, they might do like, 
all of a sudden they're like, oh, I, well, I did chest and try yesterday. Can we do, like, shoulders today? I'm like, no, you, you just worked pressing muscles yesterday. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. So, like, we would have to edit, um, and eventually they kind of come full circle, and that we're, we're trying to program a system that's that's going to benefit them and their fitness full term, and they're going to realize that that's going to well, that's also the difference between a coach and a personal trainer. A coach can work on the fly and make sure that any sort of injury issue wants and needs are addressed on the fly. Right. If you come in and you're like, okay, well, Wednesdays are your lower push day. And I'm like, hey, my quads are really bothering me. Um, I'm feeling really weak today. I don't know if I can do it. Okay, we'll, we'll change it up. We'll, we'll completely change the rep scheme. We'll completely change the movement patterns. And we'll make sure this goes. We also have the best equipment and you know facility. I'm not just trying to be biased. We... We made sure we got the best right. stuff in here. So we can always change and alter every single person's workout on the fly. Right. A lot of places, these big box gyms, these trainers' gyms, they don't have a lot of the good equipment. Yeah. They have fixed plane machines. Or it's dirty. Or... They have really dirty stuff. They have falling apart stuff. They don't have room because everyone's on top of each other. We have a small facility, but the, the way that we work around each other on the floor, it's like a dance. You know, we're able to move around people and able to work with people and continue to go and make it flow without a problem. Right. So... I, I mean, I honestly would say that we have the best, you know, team. 100%. And, like, I'm, I mean, that kind of goes back, and we talk about this all the time, and I'm pretty verbal about it, I think. But, um, like, yeah, I don't have a problem with other facilities and other trainers in this city, but at the same time, I'm trying to bury you. Like, like <laughs> we're trying to be the, like, we're the best, and we're going to be the best, and we're, you know. We're definitely like, the best, yeah. Like, I mean, that's just, sure. that's just, I don't know. Everyone, to me in this industry, and, I'm just gonna live by it, and I'm gonna be authentic with it. Like I think there's room for collaboration, but at the same time, like I think that we what we have and what we do here is the best thing for people in their fitness if they want to do something along the line of strength training, right? And so at the same time, I'm trying to bury the other trainers. I'm trying to do everything better than the other trainers in this facility, right? And it's just that's just how it's gonna go. Well, that's also like, just the way that this entire field advances is people trying to continue to get better. Right. Because if you had a bunch of coaches who are starting at 20 and they're in their 40s and they're still doing the exact same thing they did in their 20s, that is now a bad coach. Right. If you started at 25 years old in this field, in one realm of thought, this is the program you run, this is the same periodization you and run, this opening is the same your mind thing. Up to anything. Not opening your mind, saying you're better than everybody else and not learning from other people, we continue to learn. We sit here and talk. This We just started talking on, on camera and on recordings. We've been doing this talk amongst ourselves for like a year now we continue to talk about things hey what'd you see oh I, I read this article the other day we continue to talk about it and try to learn right you know if this person started at 25 they're 35 they're doing the exact same system the exact same periodization they have not learned anything now they're 40 and they're doing the same exact thing they haven't done anything and they refuse to I, i'm asking them why like what is so perfect show me all your like you know gods and goddesses that you have in your client book like, I want to see these people. Right. I want to see what they look like when they walk. I want to see what they look like and everything. Like, there's no chance. If you don't grow, learn, adapt, you will never, ever, ever succeed in this. And I think that's a big thing for a coach, is a coach being able to do that. Right. And I've I've been under a bunch of coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, and so on. Like, I, I've been under a powerlifting, bodybuilding-style collegiate program, which I call it activity. Um, I've been under a high school program where I was given a little more free reign, and I was able to learn from other coaches. I've been under a, you know, super private sector. I've been under a, you know, private facility sector. I've been under our own sector. And it's seeing all these different things. You learn from all these experiences and you continue to learn from it. What we're doing today will be different in a year. It'll be the same premise, the same ideas, but we'll continue to adapt and grow and expand and, and, our, yeah. 
yeah. and learn. Applications. Our own programs. our own CEUs, if you will. This is our continue, continuing educational right. credits. Like us talking to each other, holding ourselves accountable. Right. If you're a lone wolf trainer on your own, you have nobody really to hold you accountable. Right. This is a team making sure that our team of you know clientele succeed. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up. I think we touched on a lot of good topics between uh, certifications, personal trainers and coaches, our personal opinions, and just the industry in general and where we're going forward. So um, if you guys like this podcast, please, please, please share the podcast with a friend. Uh, tell them about it or just kind of send them a link of this podcast. It makes it really easy on the iPhone right now. Uh, you will be able to find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, uh, whatever it may be. But uh, again, this is podcast number two of the Lift Chicago podcast. Uh, we are still thinking of a name, but uh, in progress. In progress, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so listen in for the next one. I believe at this time when you'll be hearing it, you will be able uh, to immediately listen to the next podcast. So thanks for being here, guys. We really appreciate you. We appreciate you consuming all of our content on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be. Um, this is Lift Chicago, Chicago's premier and unparalleled boutique fitness facility. See you guys. Peace.